The Diary of Brood Meslow. I can see why the Fleecen moved away from this place. We've only been here for a little bit, and we have been attacked by some forest crocs, which we managed mostly. But then they called reinforcements. And he lets out a new kind of guttural sound. It's almost like a bark. There was a pause for a couple seconds, and then from the trees around you, you hear replies of other forest crocs that are in the area. Dot was in a bad way as we rode towards safety on roof, but Simon showed up and gave him blood? We aren't supposed to talk about it, I guess. I'm 85% sure that's disgusting. No, that was the coolest thing ever. Nobody saw it. Stop looking. <laughs> Everybody stop looking. Everybody definitely saw that. Helpful. Stop talking about it. So we took off in a sprint to the only solid building in this town. A whole herd of forest crocs in hot pursuit. What are we doing? We gotta get out of here. We're dying. To the building? To the building. Go, go. If he bites me again, I'm dead. Rook got the door open and we all ran inside. It was cold and silent in there, with a giant icy pool at the center. As we thought about what to do, Rook hit the ice and we were showered with ice water as the inhabitant emerged. Rook, hit the ice with your hammer. I hit, my, no, I hit the no, ice with my hammer. No. <laughs> Another forest croc, but bigger, stronger, and more angry. Team Terminus has come face-to-face -face with a dragon. Now what? Run! Get <laughs> out! Open the door, open the door! Bang, 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 bang! <laughs> Basically, you're going to have a surprise round here. The dragon 100% did not expect to see people inside of this structure. You have one round to decide what you're doing. Corball, you are up first. I poo myself a little. <laughs> that takes their full action. No! Um, it, it, it happens as a reaction, thank you. Come he on. needs the coffee that I made. I need <laughs> yeah, the coffee. And I just say, uh, no, we gotta go. Crocs it is. And I run out the door. Okay. Uh, Rook, did you lock the door or did you just close the door? It was broken. You're right. The door is broken, too. So it's probably easier to get open. Just like running full force into it, pushing them open, gone. Okay, <laughs> give me... Let's go! Give me either... Uh, give me an attack roll, like an unarmed attack roll, because you're just hitting the doors, right? That's not great. That's a 14. Plus. Okay. It's enough to hit a door. Okay. Uh, give me a little damage just to see how how aggressively you hit this door. Actions. How do I do unarmed attack? It's probably plus your strength. Well, that would be negative one. <laughs> yeah, so, so you do one. zero damage. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Corball hits the door. He manages to kick out a couple boards and... Uh, as I imagine it, Corball is probably trying to force himself through whatever opening oh, he's I'm, made. I'm through. <laughs> I'm going. Brood's uh, up next, so Brood is going to help. He's going to take his hammer and smash the door open as best he can. 
uh, with an 18 to hit and smashes through a couple more boards. He kind of pushes Corball out in front of him and slides out the door behind Corball. Dot, you're up. Um, I would say to Rook, we need to run, and I think you want to not run with everybody else. Like, let's go north, just just in case he blasts. Like, like that 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 snow outside. I think that's the blast. So if we can get out of that snow, that'd be great. And I will fire a blast at the door. Okay. Ten to hit. <laughs> that's enough to hit a door. Yeah, <laughs> it's not moving. Ugh. Um, and that is three damage. <laughs> <laughs> okay. At least I get to add my proficiency. Right. The space is big enough for Corball and Brood to get out. So you blast it open big enough now that you definitely can escape. And prob- it's probably big enough for Simon to get out also. I'm on Rook, though. Oh, you're on Rook. Well, yeah. the door is in pretty poor shape, so I don't imagine that it's going to hold up much longer at this point anyway. So are you going to hold an... You're going to, like, stay on Rook? Is that your plan? Yeah. And then I'll also, to the dragon, I'll say, I'm sorry if you're stuck in here, but we do not want to be food, so we're going to try and run away. <laughs> we don't mean any harm or anything to you. You have a lovely house. Can it talk to you? <laughs> There's Doc befriending. I don't, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it can talk. The dragon forest croc throws its head back and just coats the ceiling in ice as it breathes out uh, just a shower of ice, not seeming like it's in a good chatty kind of mood. You are magnificent. That is so cool with all of that ice. That is so amazing. I thought your armor was cool. This really puts it to shame. (laughs) I know this is way better than my armor. Simon, you're up. Ren on deck. Is there anything else you would like to say, Dot, before I actually try and speak? (laughs) Nothing in particular. He's a chatty mouseling. (laughs) (laughs) It's what I do. I knew there was one more thing. (laughs) So pending doom, I revert to a past form of consciousness just out of sure panic. And as I leap for the open portal in front of me, I exclaim, (laughs) (laughs) Seems about right. (laughs) Chocula for the win. As I jump, I spread my wings and just dive through the hole and up into the sky. All right. Simon is up and out. Ren. Ren is just going to, I don't want to be here. And uh, (laughs) get on out, Rook. And uh, Ren is just going to take the dash action and dash out the door as soon as Ren is out the door, is going to go up, just straight up and out, and straight up into the air, and then off to the side, and just 60 feet up and out. Okay. Uh, and we round out with Rook. I do exactly what Dot told me to, and I turn around, <laughs> and I take the dash action and 
and bolt out the door and then go in a different direction than everybody else. So like, all right. So seconds after making a, a hasty retreat into the building, there is a thunderous roar and everyone comes pouring back out of this structure. The crocs, the forest crocs, hear the sound of the dragon inside and they have taken off in a full sprint as far away as they can get. They seem to know exactly what we've run into in here. Once outside, the field is open to what you want to do. That is the end of our surprise round, so if there's anything in particular you want to do, now is the time to do it, Corball. I don't like being first. <laughs> we'll stop rolling so high. Everybody run up to us. Come on, let's go. <laughs> now I pee a little bit. <laughs> but don't get too close. And I, I just dash that towards... soiled dwarf we've been across in a while. Well, this is terrifying. <laughs> uh, I dash towards Rook and Dot. Like... Not even in the movies where they look back, like just running forward. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No. No cool guys looking at explosions yeah. here. We're just nope. Go 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 go. It's okay. Um, Dot's looking at the explosions. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, easy for Dot. <laughs> He's I, not running. I, we're go. I'm going full speed by not going. <laughs> okay. Brood. Uh, I got our backs. I'm assuming that's your turn, Corball, taking your full dash action. Yes. Uh, Brood is going to take off in the same direction. Come on, Brood! <laughs> Huffing it with his stupid heavy metal armor. I'm coming! I'm a coming! Dot, is there anything else you want to do as you are being ferried away from the building? Yeah, I want to shoot the rock uh, that I've been shooting. <laughs> <laughs> I assume he's still close enough. He's limping away, looking not great because you hit him in the face so many times. <laughs> so you can probably catch him if you get another shot off. <laughs> no! Oh, nope, nine to hit. No, oh, no. Rook's running a little too rough and you're jostling around a bit, so you totally whiff your shot. I don't know why I wanted to shoot him, but I really felt like it. Because <laughs> they bit your toes, that's why. You almost lost a toe to one of them things. Well, I was thinking maybe the dragon would think that that's food instead of us. Ah, Simon, any extra movement that you're doing? I would try and fly to what I would consider the safest place that I could, which would be the nearest tree. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> Are you Dear sweet baby Buddha, I just got the flying and climbing up into a tree thing. You used to be a bird. <laughs> Why did it take me that long? 13 sessions in and he gets... I don't think I got that until now either. <laughs> Wow, sorry. Um, Ren? Ren is going to just book it off to the side. Probably side that Simon and Rook and are on. Okay. Or going perpendicular to this stripe of cold is like straight out, not grouping up, kind of trying to stay by themselves. Okay just straight to the side. Like, Ren went okay. up, out, straight to the side, and then dipped into a tree. Oh, okay. Taking the tree cue from Simon. <laughs> I've learned a thing or two from uh, Simon, yeah. <laughs> but again, dashing, I'm going 60 feet as far as Ren's movement can take them. Booking it. Okay. Rook, 
last move before the dragon. I'm going to take the dash action and move 80 feet towards the ruins. Okay. So the group has beaten a hasty retreat from the dragon, hiding off to the sides and the trees, running as far away as they possibly can. As the group clears the doorway, there is another guttural roar and a destructive wind of winter comes shooting out of the door, rocketing down through the snowy section of this forgotten town. But you don't hear the dragon stirring anymore. It seems as though the dragon was probably more disturbed and wanted you out than engage in a chase. So for now, the town is quiet. What would you like to do? We have to run faster. Let's get back to the river. Go, 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 go. Maybe, yeah, back back to the river and then to the metal woods. Yeah, let's go to the metal woods. Aren't isn't that that other way? Isn't that the way we're headed? Yes, you're heading south on the river, which would take you to the metal woods. Oh, I thought it would yeah. take us to the to the city. You'll come close to the city, but but there's the metal woods and the city that are kind of near each other. Yeah. We just need to give those crocodiles a, a really large berth. <laughs> I don't want to keep shooting at them, I don't think. That's a fair point. I do not want to run across one of them. I wouldn't mind one of them, but 12 of them, not so much. <laughs> I mean, Dot, if you want to hang out, there's some dead ones. Like, <laughs> I don't want to I mean, I really here. want to get the dead ones, but there's too many live ones near them. Pro- probably a bad idea. All right, let's <laughs> to the river. I mean, I've done bad ideas. I'm pretty good at it. <laughs> Brood puts two fingers in his mouth and whistles, and he's like, Simon, Ren, river, let's go. And let's points do it. towards the river. Oh, that one place that I suggested that we should just go in and take all the way? Okay, yeah, I'm on board. <laughs> no time for snark now. We got to go. The group is able to pretty easily get out of the of the town you can hear the sounds of forest crocs around you they are not coming in close because you've disturbed the dragon so they've kind of cleared out the general area trying you make it back to the river all in one piece are we just walking yeah well i mean we could try and build a boat again but that that was a mess didn't go over well (laughs) i'm flying but uh Y'all can walk. <laughs> I don't want to get no more water. That ice water is more than enough for me. So I'm, I'm good to walk. I, I suppose I could walk again and I would climb down off route. <laughs> I do appreciate the ride, though. That was very... I, I liked that a lot more. I would immediately climb up on Rook. <laughs> <laughs> there, that feels better. I was starting to feel naked for a second there, which is not a great feeling. <laughs> Guys, what was that? That Creature. was a mess. That's what that was. I don't know. I've never seen anything like that. That was a lot of ice. It's crazy. Is everybody all right? I like. I'm. I'm not perfect, but I'm. I'm okay. Is everybody okay? I'm, I feel I'm good. No more detours. I need to. Dot. Did I give you that monster book? Um. I think I looked at it for a little bit. Did I not give it back? I eventually find it in a saddlebag. It's like, wait, I've got it here. And it's like in a bag of feed. (laughs) All your rations are staining it. (laughs) I like brush it off. I said, we 
we need better equipment if we're gonna survive this world uh, so i'm gonna be i agree really trying to study on this yeah it's yeah, ah. a good idea maybe I'll, I'll look in my book too maybe we can find something that'll help all of us i'll do this and i take a like piece of rope and i fashion essentially a, a bridle or no what is it called what's the, what's the thing that goes on a horse's face it's a bridle yeah that's a bridle. Is it a bridle? Yeah. Oh, okay. So fashion a bridle out of like rope and I just kind of like tie it to my horn. So if you pull left, I go left. You pull right, I go right. So someone sit on my back and I just stop looking where I'm going and I'm reading the book <laughs> just depending on who's writing me can steer me. <laughs> well, I, I right, guess Simon. that's me. You're driving. Thank you, Simon. Because <laughs> um, I want to start, I guess if we're calling the other thing crafting, I'll call this magic. I want to start studying magic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Since we're do, calling, do I have since we're calling magic plan. crafting? Do I have to, have to roll start. a centaur handling check? <laughs> Give me a survival roll to tell me to see how well you manage your your new speed. Eleven. Eh, not bad. Rook maybe hits a couple potholes on the way down, but overall, you're doing okay. If I break my ankle and you have to shoot me in the head, then that's going to be sad. <laughs> no, you can just sleep through the night and you'll be fine. The group, you are heading down the west side of this river. Wait, where are we going? Straight to the metal trees. Oh, yes. Good. <laughs> no detours, just straight there. Okay. We should agree as a group not to run into buildings that look ominous. <laughs> I, the only reason... That looked like a cozy cottage. It looked <laughs> secure. That's true. It was very secure, except for what was in it. Yeah, we had no way of knowing what was in there. I thought that it might be one of the coffins, but it was not one of the coffins. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, there might have been a coffin in there. We didn't get a good look. But we weren't getting it. That's true. I don't remember <laughs> looking. That's true. I tried to look, but the ice was too thick. That was the burn spot, right? Did do yeah, we yes. think there was, like, a divine casket over there? Of course there was, but we're moving on. <laughs> well, there's it, no guarantee, but, I mean, the sage did say that we would find divine caskets in places that seem touched by very strong magic, so I guess there's always a chance, right? guess we'll have to come back when we're better prepared. Oh, yeah. I thought this was going to take, like, a week. <laughs> that was so much harder than I thought it was. With that, I whip the bridle. Yeah, yeah! <laughs> no, Rook stops talking and keeps walking. <laughs> so, while we're traveling, everybody make sure to, from your inventory, take out your daily allotments for, for rations. We're close to the water, right? Yeah. yeah. We're walking along the river so you can drink as much as you want, but make sure you're taking rations out of your inventory. Ooh, I'm down to five. It's always good to just have a reminder of that, of like standard, <laughs> you know. Does anybody want a little bit of murder? Ugh. Mm. I have some beetle bladder. I have a murder. Yummy stuff. I would eat some murtier if, if it's going to go bad. <laughs> I mean, the rations I have, I mean... Could we cook it first? I smoked it earlier, but I don't know how. I mean, it's it's dry, but it tastes okay. I would eat some. All right, I'll, I'll try some. Yeah. Okay, so one to Ren, one to Corball. Yeah. 
All right. Yeah, I, I, I think it's instead of eating our, you know, I, I have a lot of rations that can last a while and we could get into a yeah. pinch where we need that. And yeah, uh, I will say these those? are better than the beetle blatters. <laughs> Not by a lot. I mean, the beetle blatters are good, but the murder there, much better. <laughs> well, it is better. Not much better. Okay. So the group walks for another hex worth of time. That would be another eight hours of walking as you get through this, this area. You are now basically between where the Fleeson told you Hyperion is and the metal area would be to the east. Just from where you're at, you can almost look to the west and see Hyperion. It is a massive walled city off to the west. But the group is focused on heading to the metal forest, correct? Yes. Okay. So... We can take uh, a long rest. I assume the group would prefer that before we go in there. Yeah, yeah. As I'm getting very tired, uh, we should maybe get out of sight at that, like walk for another half hour or so, get out of the sight of that big city. Something about it creeps me out, but then set up camp. Yeah, camp it is. I'm 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 down to rest. I agree. I go back to my book. <laughs> okay. Once we find a good spot, I would chop down some poles, set up the little canvas tent, and say, Rook, Rook, look at me. What? <laughs> Rook, look at me. What? I just got to the dung beetle. Wow. Careful in the tent. Go through the flap, and I hold the flap open. Wait, I very carefully walk through the tent. <laughs> you, you can lay down in here. There's, there's plenty of room. And I kind of like go towards the back and then like do a couple of circles you know <laughs> and then kind of just flomp down <laughs> no sorry, sorry i forgot you were up there yeah. oh I, I must have nodded off are you you can't sleep if you're driving me we'll both die <laughs> well we made it didn't we drowsy di- driving is dangerous driving we got lucky I'll, I'll do better next time still though it worked out pretty well i learned a lot about animals i think it did. Is there anything that anybody wants to do during the long rest? I would like to sleep for at least six hours and then do another two hours of light activity. Okay. That's about it. I would like to find the highest tree to perch in and look to uh, see if I can tell anything about our surroundings. Oh, okay. Give me a survival check while you're looking. Or I guess a perception check. That's better. 17. Nice. So you get up into a very tall tree here, kind of between Hyperion and the direction you're heading. From here, you can see Hyperion fairly clearly. It looks as though it is carved out of massive trees. I think oil rig-sized trees that this, this structure is carved out of. There are massive walls around it that appear also to be made out of trees. You can't see into it, but very vaguely you can tell that the front gate has massive carvings of dwarves on either side of it, looking down. It looks imposing and very secure, not very welcoming. In the other direction, through the twilight, you can tell that something 
is different about the easternly direction. It seems no less uninviting, but perhaps there's a draw there of something magic. It gives off kind of a mysterious allure like a snake that you see from a distance that's really pretty, but you know you probably shouldn't touch it. I really like shiny things. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Is there anything else that needs to happen during the night? I would just read more of my book. Okay. When I did my watch. All right. So once the group is adequately long rested and is ready to move again, you head east. The river has kind of thinned out, so it's pretty easy to cross over and head eastward. And you begin to feel a familiar pull, something that Simon probably saw in the night. The pull of magic is starting to affect you. As creatures who have consumed magic, you now kind of have a innate affinity for it. You walk for probably five to six hours into the forest until the colorful trees of myrrh slowly start to thin out as if this part of the forest has been thinned out by a disease of some kind. The sounds of a forest full of life die away, leaving you in disturbing silence. And soon the twilight throws the new area you enter into a stark contrast. Each tree has been replaced by a towering circular cage. The circumference of what would have been the tree is now a series of metal bars stretching up into the sky. Hundreds of these cylindrical structures stretch out before you, the hazy light casting long shadows, giving the feeling that the entire world around you is imprisoned. And the ground here is dusty, seemingly unfit to grow anything other than perhaps these strange prison trees. The bars trick your mind into thinking that there are creatures moving around you as you walk, but in reality, you know that you are utterly alone. The magic here is thick, Thick. like, like an invisible weight on you as you move further in. And soon you come across the first bodies. Unfortunate souls who could not handle the magic radiation and have fallen here. Their wounds are strange, like those described to you by the sage before leaving Nephilim. Crystals jut out of open sores. Black, inky substances leak from mouths and ears. Limbs are twisted in unnatural ways of many of the bodies of the fleecen dwarves, humans, and even some animals that may have wandered in unknowingly. Is there anything anyone wants to say or do before we continue forward? I huddle down into the back of Rook's mane, and like, something about this place is unnatural and unholy. I, I don't know what it is about these trees, but it just speaks of something that I just would absolutely hate I don't they are just like deep down in my soul something is wrong Brood examines one of the bodies yeah this is this is what was happening to people in Nephilim we saw bodies like this a lot down there unfortunately I feel like this is a sign that we're getting close to one of the divine caskets 
If that's true, I think we should keep moving forward. I think we should be cautious, but... I was thinking that this is as much metal as you could ever hope to ever find, Rook. Like, I don't, I don't know if it's good for us to disturb them. Don't touch the metal! <laughs> yeah, the, the, but and I feel that same pull that we felt earlier when we found the coffin. So I hope that means that there's one around here, but I guess that means that we could be in trouble too. Hopefully there's not another large beast by it. Ren is generally familiar with some of the different gods and the temples vaguely in a way. Would Ren have any ideas of maybe which god temple, like these sort of, does this metal forest ring a bell in their mind or kind of seem familiar and things they've heard of? Give me a history check. Seven. (laughs) (laughs) Ren, even though it's not a great role, you would know for sure that this area of Mantle before was known for greenery. It was the place where a lot of the food was grown for Mantle. So this kind of metal area feels very out of place for this area as far as the Mantle that you would have known. Guys, this is strange when when i was here last it it was lush and green and produced a lot of food things have really changed up here still trying to wrap my head around it yeah the world's very different it seems from what you left rin oh my gosh it's very different from what we left yeah that too i would pull out my book and just all the trees that I've been reading about with like magic properties, mm-hmm. I would look around and see like, does anything seem familiar from what I've read about? Give me a nature check. 16. You've been studying a lot and you have been really looking into the wood of mantle that can accept magic. This metal doesn't seem like a substance that's natural to Nephilim. It's definitely not like the wood hasn't changed into the metal. It feels like something has created a new form of metal here. Okay. It's not a form of wood. It's definitely unnatural. Okay. I'll just close my book up and, uh, yeah, we we should keep going. Would these trees be anything like something I would recognize from being in the dungeon of Rakdos? Hmm. I don't think that the the, the cult of Rakdos is particularly fond of trees or anything like that, but they are definitely a controlling cult, so you probably would have been in a prison sort of situation where you would have seen bars like this, but in general, this doesn't really ring a bell with Rakdos at all. Okay. Should I try harvest some of the metal, or should we wait until we explore more of this area don't touch the metal it will try and steal your song i don't know how to sing (laughs) that's not something i'm worried about it's been taken let's just be prepared if if you do we we could like circle up around you and like keep an eye out in every direction and i would try and help if i can the question is how much noise are we going to make trying to harvest metal when we don't know what we're up against yet? Maybe on our way out. 
How about that? Okay, that's a good that's idea. A good idea. Yeah. So you move further ahead. The bodies continue alongside you. Things don't really improve. Take a cloth and cover my nose and mouth. Okay. And I double layer it, otherwise it's not much good, you know? <laughs> okay. You move ahead. When you come to the source of the magic, you know that you have found the first tomb of a fallen god. The metal bars come together to form a humanoid skull, laying chin down in the dust, its mouth open with nothing but darkness beyond. The bars of metal make it look as though the entire form of the god is pinned to the forest floor, some of them twisting together to form eye sockets, eye sockets the sinuses in the mouth. The arms of the god are stretched out in front of them as if it were clawing its way across the ground away from some attacker. Its hollow eye sockets stare blankly ahead, seeing no more. Well, do, do we just go in? Do we touch it? How, I don't know how we... Does it look like a structure to enter? Or does it just look like a piece of art that the like pipes are woven together to look like a, a giant creature? Basically, what has happened is the god-sized person, so think of like a giant convention center kind of laying on the ground in front of you. It's formed out of the metal posts, but the only entrance would be like the face, the mouth would be the way to get into it. So it's not, you can't like see through the bars? No. Yeah. It is a solid structure. Gotcha. Mm. Ren would fly up to get a different perspective and like an overview. I mean, I know you already got like described like what that would, but does this resonate in terms of a particular deity that they might be familiar with? Is this Propatha? Is this something else? Uh, give me another history check. Now that you've flown up and basically you see that this figure does not have any legs from your higher height. It is just a torso. What was your role? History. Religion? I'm good at religion. I'm terrible <laughs> at history. <laughs> I apologize. You're fine. It's okay. <laughs> I respect your choices as DM. <laughs> um, that would be a six. <laughs> oh, even worse. Yeah. Well, you, do, you do manage to get up high enough that you can see that this figure does not have anything basically kind of below the waist. It is just a torso. Must be the god of short pants. <laughs> we got one of them. <laughs> Maybe that's why they kept calling Kor that. <laughs> well, this is what we came for. And I just walk like into the mouth. Oh, Korbal leading the way. Should we all go into different holes? <laughs> it looks like there's only really one way in there, Simon. I thought that you could go through the eyes and nose and stuff. We all we all got to go in the same hole. All right. If the group is going in, let's get a marching order real quick. So, Korbal, are you leading? I will uh, press the digit. Well, no, maybe we should go in silently and without... I don't know. <laughs> you we are... should definitely go in silently. Silently. Okay. Yeah, I go. I take more cloth and I wrap my hooves. <laughs> Is anybody riding on Rook right now? I am. I am completely silent 
and still. <laughs> I could carry Dot and anyone else. Okay, then I I would jump up on Rook as well and be like, um, I kind of feel safer when I'm up here, <laughs> if that's okay. I feel like I'm wearing a warm blanket now. <laughs> <laughs> a friendly little blanket. A friendly little blanket. Fruit is going to back up Corball. He's going to put his hand on Corball's back to let him know that he's there, but not say anything. Ooh, that tickles. Ah! Watch your butt. <laughs> Doc, can we switch places? I don't feel very comfortable being between you two. Sure. <laughs> Wait, how does this happen? Do you, what, does one of you get off or do you guys just try and trapeze over? Oh each no, we're foot? doing the whole awkward trying to. <laughs> <laughs> you like, have to like, Wait, you could have just flown. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of flying, what did you do? You gave me blood. Now we're being quiet now. I know. That's why I'm being quiet. <laughs> no, be you, not quiet. Not quiet. No quiet. I, thought, I forgot about it last night. I, I, put my, I put my finger we on his mouth. We need to talk about it tonight. <laughs> Okay, so Corball's in the lead. Brood's got behind is behind him with his hand on his back. Uh, Ren, do you want to come in before or after Rook? I'll go before. Why not? Okay. So it's Corball, Brood, and Ren with Rook and the very silent patrol on his back. The mouth gives entrance to the neck of the fallen god. The metal here is twisted and bent to begin to form a solid tunnel, and soon there is no light from outside at all and you find yourselves in a pipe leading you ever deeper. Ren would go ahead and touch their loot, and it just brightens up and starts to shine light in a 20-foot radius. I can't see in the dark. I appreciate it, Ren. <laughs> me neither. This <laughs> definitely helps me when it's dark out. So your words kind of echo like you're standing in a in a metal pipe. It's echoing around you as you, and you come to the end of the tunnel where there is a circular door, not unlike the one in Nephilim. However, this is door is carved out of pristinely smooth black stone and is carved with the image of a massive humanoid figure towering over depictions of mortals who seem to be cowering in fear and in pain. The figure is only a torso with no legs to speak of, its eyes seemingly on fire as from its open mouth thorns are showered down on people below. And across the top of the door, the carved words identify the god, Atello god of punishment below this grisly carving there is a hole roughly hand-sized in the place where a doorknob would be Orball, as the leader currently what do you do is it is it like a keyhole or is it like i put my fist in it type of size yeah it would be like a size that you would be able to fit your arm into um what do we do should we go back and get one of those bodies and stick their arm in there? <laughs> it's not a bad idea, Simon. It kind of goes with the teeth. <laughs> it seems weird that, like, there's just a hole here. You'd think there'd be, like, a giant lock or something like that, keeping something like this safe. L looking, what does the room look like? 
as we move around. You're not really in a room. You're kind of in a hallway. Yeah, you're in a you're in a pipe. Basically, it's big oh, enough okay. that Rook can stand up in it. So, Rook, you're eight feet. Yes. So it's like an eight foot pipe Sir. that you're standing in that's made out of metal, and it leads directly to an eight foot door carved of black stone. There's nothing in the tunnel leading up to the door. Nope. Smooth metal. Yeah, let's get an arm. Let's go get an arm. <laughs> While they do that, I uh, I just cast a bonfire, like kind of in the area, so we have a little more light. Okay. What if I try my mage hand? Like maybe I could make it seem like it's an arm in there. That could work. Worth a try, right? Yeah, if you make it look like your tail, like you did that one time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was even thinking it could just look like my hand. Oh, that would work too, yeah. i give it a try at least. Okay. So as your mage hand enters the hole, the outer circle seems to like trace your hand with a red light, and then the hole itself glows red as if rejecting whatever it is. I guess he does not like my hand. Well, at least not my fake hand. I'm not excited about using my real hand. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess try one of the corpse hands. Okay. Rook, what unfortunate creature are you going out and gathering and bringing back in? The very first one I see. Okay. The first one you see is a fleecen. Oh, yep. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> He's twisted in unnatural positions and his jaw looks like it's broken open and it's leaking black fluid as you pick him up. I try and ascertain how fresh it is. It's not. What these creatures have died from is basically radiation poisoning. Are they effects that we would be immune to or or that we're immune to? You have no way of knowing, except for the fact that you know that you accepted the divine casket the first time. That's interesting. And I chop his arm off with a hand (laughs) axe. Not Simon's, the Fleeson's. Oh, sure. Uh, hand it up to Corball, I assume? I'll stick it in. I don't want someone to take a risk that I can take. Okay. A similar thing happens. You put this hand into the hole. There is a tracing of the hand with a red ring around the outside of the circle. And then it flashes red at you again. <sighs> okay, fine. I put my arm in the hole. Wait, should I do it before you put your hand in? It's already done. I did it. (laughs) (laughs) I take the dead arm and Mike squeeze it to see what comes out the bottom end of it. Rook's back is almost instantly covered in an oozy black tar-like substance as you squeeze the arm. I just like... Hey, what are you doing back there, Simon? Shifty eyes, like, (laughs) drop the arm to the side. (laughs) Did something drop on me? Is there like bat guano dropping from the top? I'm really used to that. Simon just dropped the arm. Yeah, I just dropped the arm. Oh, good. Yeah. Maybe don't hold it longer than we need to. You wouldn't want anything on that arm on your person no. for any real <laughs> no. amount of time, probably. No, no, no. It looks pretty gross. <laughs> and I just like shift around on his back, like trying to nonchalantly try and wipe the ooze with my butt. <laughs> now you have a black butt, too. Gross. Anyway, hold on, Simon, and I stick my left arm in the hole. As your arm goes in, the halo on your wrist lights up. Don't cry, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. And the red light traces the halo, 
and there is a clicking sound like, like gears turning after centuries of being abandoned and as the door responds to the halo of power on your wrist words begin to shine forth on the metal tunnel around you bathing you in a blue light we understand the words <laughs> i will drop it into roleplay but we have managed to make it into a voice thing for you too, so that you can enjoy it audibly. You have sought out the final resting place of Atello, God of Punishment. Your guilty heart being your guide, no doubt. Do not think of me as weakened, lesser in my current state. For my rightful fury has struck the most powerful to the lowest dust, laid waste to the fortunes of the pious and locked away the most frightful and vile. My throne was the anchor of all order of mantle. The determinations of Nupendus, goddess of judgment, sent the guilty to me. None but those who would submit themselves to punishment would present themselves, so I must oblige. My love, Nupendus, is no more. Her wise judgment lost to pride and power, and so you must be tested by my punishments to determine the most suitable. Your fearful hearts serve to me your hidden infractions. Your wandering minds even now spill your darkest secrets to the god of punishment. And I consume you as a most delicious feast. My generals, Inops, Carcerum, and Mortum, await your feeble cries of innocence. Well, is everybody ready to leave? <laughs> Y'all, that is terrifying. I'm good. I'm good. Is everybody else good? Should we leave? I just pooped a little again. I think we just start a little village out next to the river. We'll just die there. Let's find the fleece in. <laughs> we need the coffin, guys. The door opens and, and beckons you forward. Don't we need the coffin? Yeah, we do need the coffin. I don't think we do. Did you see that dragon thing? How are we going to survive out here? What if that was just like an answering machine that like was left on for hundreds of years and that there's nothing there now? What's an answering machine? It is like a little box that is is crafting that makes... I mean, like the sound we just heard. How much do you know about crafting, Dot? I make up so much stuff. Holy hell, Ryan. That was terrifying. That was Sorry. amazing. Thank you. Sorry, back in character. Uh, I, yeah, you're right, Dot. It's what we're here for. <sighs> Dot the Brave. Dot the Brave. I mean, yeah, I'm brave because I'm on Rook. I'm not convinced by any of those things. <laughs> what was that, Simon, as Rook walks into the room? <laughs> Ren goes to. I start walking forward. Okay, so the cold metal continues inside. The wall's 30 feet high, ending in a solid slab of whatever metal this tomb is constructed out of. At the center of the room, there are four pillars wrapped in change around, chains around a strange contraption, another hand-sized hole in the center. On the other side of the room, there is another round door, this one missing a way for you to open it. Other than these features, the room is utterly barren. I just keep having flashbacks of going into the burn spot 
and Ren saying, guys, we should really run. We should really run, guys. <laughs> and then we didn't. And then we almost died. That's how I'm feeling right now. But this was our quest. This is the goal. Find the gods. This is what we promised. Uh, but is that more important than our quest to, like, live? <laughs> This is too small to fit one of those dragon things. If that if that makes you feel any better. <laughs> I go up and I look at the, the hole. Is it the same kind of hole as it the is. first door? Yeah, you look at it. It looks very similar to the hole that Rook used to open the door. I put my hand in it. All right. As soon as your hand goes in, the door behind you closes. Ah! And you can tell... It's not opening again for a good while. Well, Simon was right. We're all going to die. Sorry. <laughs> we should probably spread out. Except for I'm going to stay here on your back. Why don't we let everybody get into a position at this point? You know that something is about to happen. So kind of decide where you stand. I'm there with my arm in the hole. <laughs> oh, it's the door. I thought it was the middle thing. No, the middle thing is correct. That's where the hole is. Okay, I got it. Is the pillars, like the top of the pillars, connected to the ceiling? They are, yes. Brood is again going to go up and put his hand on Corball's back and just give him a stern look and say, us dwarves got to stick together. That's right. Don't nope. you dare salute me. <laughs> we should scatter, probably. Yeah, we should definitely scatter. I'm staying right here, too. <laughs> I go in this corner. Okay. So you would be in the northwest corner. Up against the wall where the new door is, correct? Yeah. Riding along with Simon and Dot on my back, I go into the northwest corner from where Corball and Brood are, who are in the center of the room. Okay. Ren, do you want to stay towards the entrance or move elsewhere in the room? Ren wants to go kind of over to the south wall, middle of the south wall. Okay. So like the opposite side of where Rook and Dot and Simon are. Okay. Yeah, just kind of off to the side. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to just head over here and in case anything goes down, I'll keep an eye on (laughs) y'all. Okay. That makes me feel better, Rin. <laughs> okay. So, as the group is now in position, Corball's hand in the contraption in the middle of the room seems to activate the space. And the door on the other side of the room creaks to life, gliding open. There is a slight pause as light pours into the chamber from beyond. Then... An appendage of some kind grips the door frame. No feature would make you believe that what emerging is human. It has no hands or fingers, but instead a single blue-gray digit. It's joined shortly after by another, and then another, until finally eight of these grasping fingers pull the creature forward. It has no face but a long neck supports a featureless head shaped vaguely like a human nose. Along the main ridge, gills flutter as if the creature is smelling the air, searching. It moves into the room, standing eight feet tall, its many arms and legs making it move like an octopus or a spider. 
each one seemingly moving the creature in unison. This is so much worse! This is so much worse! This is so much worse! (laughs) We could just talk to it, right? I don't think he wants to talk. Brood looks at Corball, kind of gives him a stern nod again, and steps forward about ten feet with his box on a stick, ready to hit. I don't know what this thing's about to do, but it sure as heck ain't hitting any of my friends. And he's holding his action to see what the creature might do. Corball, you're up. Is my hand free? Yes. Okay. Uh, I will pull out my crossbow. Okay. And I will cry a little bit inside. (laughs) And just hold my crossbow shot to shoot him whenever he does something bad. (laughs) Okay. If he becomes aggressive, ho-bam, right in the face. Okay. Well, you will find out shortly because it is the creature's turn. So this strange, many-limbed creature spots Brood and Corball first, obviously, and steps forward towards Brood, which would probably trigger your attack. Is he stepping forward aggressively? Yes, he is in full combat. Okay. Uh, 15 plus 5, 20. That hits. And that would be eight points of piercing damage. Nice. The creature, as you hit it, you see it recoils and your bolt is sticking out of it. It reaches up with one of its appendages and wraps around it and your bolt disintegrates. So it looked like no damage was done? No, it it took damage, but the bolt is completely unsavable. Gotcha. Brood swings his warhammer and smacks one of its finger appendage kind of things, doing three more damage to it. And the thing looks perturbed? Without a face, it's hard to tell. But it looks down at Brood and just reaches out to touch Brood. Needs to make a dexterity saving throw. Oh, Not good. The places where the creature touches Brood's armor instantly rust. Brood's armor begins to disintegrate. What? And Brood's like, oh no, y'all! This is, this is my good armor! I whisper to the monster, I say, touch the box on the stick! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That is the creature's turn. As Brood's armor begins to disintegrate, Ren, it is your turn. Dot, you're on deck. Ren is gonna just shakily, like, seeing Brood being attacked, assaulted by this creature, is gonna shakily pull up their crossbow. Just try and aim and just pull the trigger and fire the crossbow for a 19 to hit. That does hit. And that would be 10 piercing damage. Oh, nice. That's a serious hit. Well done. Yeah, that was an 8 on a d8. The creature's gills on the side of its face exhale. You can tell that you've caused it pain as it reaches up for your bolt that's hit it and it also disintegrates unretrievable as it's touched by this monster. Anything else, Ren? 
Ren is going to move more towards the west, like following the south wall, but almost kind of like trying to like flank the creature a little bit in a way, like up into the uh, southwest corner. So the monster's in the middle. We've got Corball and Brood facing it, and then the uh, you know us us two on either corners of it, just farther back. Yeah. Simon, you're up. Rook, you're going to round us out. All right, I'll jump off of Rook's back and fly about here. And as I'm flying by this pillar, I whip out my arm as the as my chain shoots out towards the creature for a 22 to hit. That'll hit. Everyone's rolling really good tonight. And that is two points of damage. Okay. And then I continue to fly by and the chain wraps around the pillar and then I spin and yank it and pull the creature uh, right into the pillar. Oh, all right. So like into the pillar right next to Brood? Yeah, trying to do some bludgeoning damage. Okay. Because it would pull him 10 feet, but it looks like he would only be able to go five feet until he hit the pillar. Sure. So that is an extra three points of bludgeoning damage. Okay. Simon is is flying by this creature, manages... Does your chain go around through? How does... Is it like a, a scorpion thing where it goes in and like locks in, or is it just a wrap around thing? Kind of both. Like it, it's, it, it like whips around and then cuts in. Okay. And then when the attack is done, it releases. Okay. So once he hits the, it hits the pillar, your chain releases. Yes. Okay. It is um, smashed into this pillar. The, the air expels again from its, its gills. You can tell that it is being beaten pretty soundly by a team of people that are just wailing on it. Simon, is there anything else on your turn? Uh, I will go next to Dot. Okay. And I whisper to him, you're doing a really good job of being really quiet. (laughs) That's the end of my turn. All right, Rook, you are up. Rook runs towards the creature and uses his bonus action to rage and makes himself a target, putting himself in between the creature and everyone else. Okay. Uh, So he is going to hold his action to attack until he gets hit. Okay. And that is Brood's turn. Brood is standing underneath your front legs, looking up at the creature. He's like, Brood, you gotta look out. He's gonna, he's gonna mess up with your stuff. Look at my armor. It's okay. My shield is made out of wood. (laughs) We are back up to the top of the round with Brood and he's going to try to take a swing at one of the creature's ankles and see if he can knock him over or just deal more damage. Oh my gosh, a 21 to hit. Rolling really well. Six more damage to him. He is not looking great already. It's only been one round of combat, and he looks like he's been thoroughly battered by a team of people. Um, Brood puts his hand on the back of Rook's leg and says, all right, Ah! whatever whatever you do, don't hit him with metal. It doesn't seem to help much. Good good to know. And we are jumping to Corball. So when my, when my bolt hit him, did it look like it did damage or was it just like, it did do damage, but it is, it's unretrievable. You can't get it back. Okay. 
totally fine. Uh, I reload and fire again. Okay. Oh my god, 19 plus Jeez. 5, 24. I was hoping someone would miss at some point. Okay. Ooh, six points of damage. Okay. He is wavering on the edge of death here. Yeah, just yell, be, be careful, brood. And All right. It is the creature's turn now. Corbal, you're done, I assume. Yes, sorry. Uh, the creature starts sniffing again. Rook, what kind of metal do you have on you? Uh, all the kinds. <laughs> like, do you have armor or anything like that? No, I do have a shield that is metal. Uh, I'm holding a hammer that is metal. And uh, my hooves have shoes on them that are metal. Okay. Other than that, it's just like clasps and things. Okay. The shield and the hammer are the most prominent metallic pieces. Okay. So not smelling any real prize for it, it lifts up one of its appendages and it goes rigid and it goes to stab you with this appendage with a, a 19 to hit yep that, that'll hit uh, for four piercing damage from the creature as it stabs into you with this strange finger like appendage oh that wasn't too bad and I punch it in the face <laughs> <laughs> it does it probably does yeah trigger your held action heeding the warning about the metal stuff I drop my hammer from my right hand and just take a swing at it that's a 15 to hit that hits that is five points of bludgeoning damage make the first kill in our first tomb epic would you seeing this terrifying creature and trying to adapt to the situation uh, as soon as the creature stabs into him he uses that to pull him in closer and hold him steady and then plants his four hooves in the in the ground and somehow twists his whole body uh, even that doesn't physically make sense uh, <laughs> and just bashes his head and then has his head hit the pillar and then the monster drops the creature gives one last heavy sigh as it hits the ground brood looks at his armor and says oh well that just sucks yeah, are you okay, man? It'll still protect me, just not quite as good, I don't think. It's not great, I have to say. Maybe we should have stayed and fought the dragon. <laughs> yeah, this wasn't that bad. Look, it's all stuck up on the pillar now that it's dead. So the body uh, is still on the floor, and as you kind of discuss what's happening as a team, the words start appearing on the walls in here like they have they did in the tunnel as you were entering like a like the scrawlings of a diary entry of some kind so as those words are revealed the room shudders and creaks and you feel it begin to lower into the ground the chains on the pillars clinking heavily as they move, obviously a tool to convey the platform down. Traveling lower and lower past the door that Inops emerged from, you come to rest as a new door is revealed by the movement of the room in the same place. 
wealth is a poison upon humanity. The removal of it felt almost trivial to those of us who have a longer gaze. But what is a mortal with no affluence? You feel weak, powerless, and hopeless without it. A suitable punishment. My priests often begged to keep the spoils of Arnups. They spoke of golden temples and monuments, but I knew better. Gold corrupts mortal hearts. Prosperity turns your blood to ice. No, better that Inops consume it and liberate those who place too much emphasis on opulence. What do you do? Do we put our arm in it again? Well, is everybody okay? What was that? I'm I'm feeling fine. I I feel like it, brute. Are you okay? You lost all your armor. I mean, it's still on me, but it's not looking good. I I hope you're studying up hard, because I may need new armor after all this is over. I I am definitely studying up hard. <laughs> Are you okay? You got stabbed. Yeah, but just a little bit. All right. You got stabbed. I mean, yeah. He. I was hiding behind the pillar. I didn't. He turned his it. hand into like a. Uh, spike and then he stabbed me but he left himself exposed so I was able to you know bash his head into the pillar over there ah alright uh, yeah I closed my eyes I got a little <laughs> bit scared sorry oh, yeah. guys well you still hit I don't know what to expect next do we do we remember the names of the other ones that he said no those were fancy words and I wasn't I didn't have a journal out to write them down yet Bridget, you're usually so fast the journal I know, sorry. It seems like we're stuck. Only forward is our only way out. Let's get on with it. All right, get in whatever position you feel safe in and let's do it. Corball, are you going to put your arm in again? I can put my arm in again. I'm going to get between the door Door. that Inops came out of and Corball kind of trying to make myself into a wall. Okay. Okay. As we wait, I'm going to form my blood blade, if that's all right. Sure. Is everybody else in a place they feel comfortable? Yeah. What if it comes from the other door? (laughs) I guess we'll figure that out, and I put my hand in it. (laughs) I would move over to where Corball is on the other side of the pillar, like that left pillar. Ren, do you want to stay up in the corner over there? Yeah, I'm content there. Okay. Okay. Look at all this strategy. Yeah, Corball, we gotta strategize. I mean, last time I kicked a door down and we ran into a giant, horrifying, winged dragon beast, so... <laughs> that, that makes sense. I stick my hand in. All right. Okay. The, the body of Inops is still laying on the floor by the door, and the new door opens oh. now. The light beyond letting you know that another foul punishment is arriving. You hear a muffled grunt and the sound of rattling metal as a figure emerges walking on two legs but bent and slow because its arms and torso are wrapped in chains. What skin is visible is ghostly white. Its glowing red eyes peer out at you from a heavy helmet that entombs its entire head with huge water buffalo horns scraping the doorframe as it enters. The chains on the pillars seem to quiver in either fear or anticipation as the creature makes its entrance. 
it sees its fallen brother Inops on the ground and then looks to the group. He attacked us first, man. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) (laughs) The chains on the pillars begin to shake and move. Um, Guys, I think maybe we were supposed to find a different casket before we found this casket. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) The two pillars on the sides of Rook spring to life, both shooting out chains at Rook. Ah! First roll is a 13 to hit. That misses. Bash it away with my shield. And the second roll is a 19 to hit. That will do it. As the chains reach out, they wrap around your your torso. They've got a firm hold on you, and they deal uh, 10 piercing damage. Oh, slashing damage as they grow spines, almost like the chain that Simon has wrapped around his wrist. And you are grappled. Ow. Bad kind of hug, guys. That really hurt. Rook is looking bad. Two more chains spring to life. One goes towards Corball. That's a 23 to hit. Dang it, yes. Uh, no. Ren casts Silvery Barbs. Um, basically, Ren yells out, Hey, look over here! And, (laughs) um... It distracts the creature and um, roll another d20. Oh, all right. And you have to take the lower roll. Oh, nice. Uh, 17? Uh, shield. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I, uh, it like comes and like looks like it's going to strike me right in the chest and I like kind of wince and all of a sudden there's like a burst of arcane energy and it just bounces off. Ooh, nice. Okay, and Rook, you get advantage on your next attack roll. Yes. From the silvery barbs? That's cool. Yep. So it basically invokes disadvantage, and then one of my people gets advantage. Oh, nice. Thanks, Ren. You're a rock star. Very cool. (laughs) Uh, Another chain shoots out and hits Brood uh, it does land his the attack on Brood and does holy crap does 8 damage to Brood <laughs> Brood is in trouble you try to kill us? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes <Jeez>. I am <laughs> uh, luckily it is you know we are level turn. 1 right? <laughs> <laughs> I do <laughs> Right. That can't be right. We've been playing for 12 sessions. <laughs> 13. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it's session 13. We all die in this one. <laughs> right before right. we hit level <laughs> You're Almost there. Okay. So, Brood has is going to try to make a strength check to see if he can get out of the chains. He 100% cannot. The chains are wrapped really strong around him and he's like y'all this this would be a lot easier to fight if i had my arms and as he says it the chains wrap around his neck and brood goes unconscious he's out oh um corball it is your turn he's too scared to be shocked 
He's horrified. I was muted. That's fun. <laughs> um, uh, well, I am going to do the only no, because I don't know. I don't know what to do. Poopy. It's <laughs> the one thing you shouldn't you do. That. <laughs> yeah. Poop a little bit more. My thought. Yeah, I mean, certainly. My thought is that. the carved wooden jar that I have with like the liquid. They said it could be like healy type stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bring brood back. <laughs> I I go and I take the carved wooden jar and I just pour the contents in brood's mouth. <laughs> uh, how much are you pouring in there? Well, that's a good question. How much is in it? Uh, there's quite a bit. So, um, to put it in terms that the group would understand, there's four healing potions in there worth oh, of liquid. I don't know what it is, though. I'd probably do like half of it. Okay. So, roll me up two healing potions worth of HP then. Is that. Those are D4s, right? I believe so, yeah. Ooh. 1d4 plus 4. So 2d4 plus 8. 8. Oh, that's good I, then. I, I, so I, that's I, 7 plus... I'll look up a healing potion. Hold on. I think that's called potion of it might healing. might be 1d4 uh, plus 2. 2d4 it's, plus 2. Yeah. So 7, 8, 9... Ten, oh, and then one d four plus two d four plus two. Two d four plus two, and then it's forty four plus four. Then it's uh forty for a second. Uh, in the app. So I basically gave you and two, right? Yeah. That. So nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen points. Okay, he's full Ooh. up. Yeah, brute is full up. He, you, pour the liquid, and, and he gasps. <gasps> That's not fun. And he's got his hand around the chains around his neck, and it's bleeding, but he's all right. He he looks good. Thanks, Corball. I'm glad I was standing next to you. Uh, that I didn't know that was gonna work. <laughs> uh, what do we do? And that is my turn. All right, the creature's turn. It looks at Rook, who is standing in front of him, currently restrained. Oh, boy. Restrained or grappled? What? Uh, grappled. Yes, grappled. Okay. Rook, from inside the helmet, you hear your dwarf master's voice echoing out from inside this creature. And it says, Oh, Rook, you've gotten yourself into trouble again. Maybe you should just lay down and die here, as you're no use to anybody, obviously. Give me a wisdom saving throw, Rook. That's an eight. Oh. You have a disadvantage? Yeah. So. Unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately. Like, wisdom is Rook's, like, like, wisdom and then intelligence are his lowest, like, abilities, and he doesn't do great with wisdom. So, Rook, tell me what happens to Rook when he hears the dwarf say this to him. I mean, he... he He's just right. Rook has 
fought so hard to try and be something that he's not. He was never sure that he could live up to that expectation. And so hearing his mentor's voice confirm what he's always feared, he's more, you know, in that moment, he feels, you know, I would be better as fodder than anything. Um, and it would be better for them to go on without me. So, Rook, you have the frightened condition, but we'll call it we'll call it the depressed condition for Rook. <laughs> <laughs> the ER condition. Uh, Grant Stoneweather's voice has seemingly had a strong effect on Rook. Ren, it is your turn. All right question uh the door behind this entity is it open closed etc uh once it comes in the door closes okay um ren will look at this creature and just start a plain he's just off kilter sounds on the loot just strumming Go ahead and make a wisdom saving throw. All right. It's a nat one. Oh, wow. All right. Double damage. <laughs> so this creature will take 10 psychic damage. Wow. And then it will use its reaction to, if available, to move as far as its speed allows away from me. Okay. So straight to the northern northwest corner of this room. Right. So Ren's horrific song, maybe something they're workshopping, I'm not sure, seems to (laughs) absolutely disturb uh, this new creature as it takes off sprinting across the room uh, Rook, if you want to take it, you can take an opportunity attack. Uh, Simon, it looks like you would possibly get an opportunity attack as it runs past you as well. Uh, Rook would be pretty caught up in, like, w- wisdom is his weakness. So Rook just kind of like sees him goes and like goes to raise his hammer and then just kind of slumps and oh. drops it down. Or and he's like, I'd probably miss him anyway. Does the slumping hammer just like oh, land on so his toe bad. accidentally? <laughs> he doesn't have toes. So the no. bad guy. The bad guy have toes. <laughs> no, the bad guy's toes. I don't Give know. Attack right? with disadvantage. <laughs> okay. <laughs> slumping hammer. But slumping you have you attack. have advantage from Ren's thing. Oh, that's true. I have advantage oh, from Ren's thing. True. So just straight, straight, straight slumping hammer attack <laughs> activate <laughs> slumping hammer oh that's an eight. Oh no <laughs> not quite it was meant to be <laughs> the description was perfect <laughs> Simon are, do you have your wits about you enough to try to slash oh yes spellings? I'm going to try and hamstring him as he runs by with my blood blade okay uh, 14 that misses AC 16 on this creature, just for future reference. All right. 
Uh, Ren, anything else on your turn as this creature runs from you? Yeah, Ren would uh, sort of move slightly south in the room, kind of the middle of the room, but staying on the back wall as I am. Just kind of hugging the wall, flying up, maybe getting a little higher in the room, but... Like midway down? Yeah, right in the middle. Yeah, you got it, right there. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. Done. Right. Ren's turn. Ren's song of horror seems to have done its trick. Dot, you are up, Simon on deck. I will look at the pier the pillars in fear <laughs> and run all the way to the wall so uh, that I can still see the guy, but so that the pillar is between him and I a little bit. Okay. And before he completely gets out of sight, I want to fire at him. Fire away. And then he'll be diagonally out of sight from me. Okay. Come on. Yes. 20 to hit. Yeah, that'll hit him. Yeah. 10 damage. Wow. Nice. Eight eight force and two bludgeoning. <laughs> nice. As it smashes. And I'm like, the pillars are going to kill us all. <laughs> and then I, I kind of try and hide behind the pillar, even though I'm against the wall. <laughs> okay. I mean, does it matter if it's the pillar or the monster or just the <laughs> ceaseless march of time? No, Rook, you have to have the will to live. We can't make it without you. I've been real bad at this. Inspiration, Rook, for playing Emo <laughs> Rook. I appreciate it. <laughs> do I believe Dodd? <laughs> do you uh, want me to do a persuasion check? <laughs> Sure. Roll a persuasion check to see if you can cheer up Rook. 18. That's pretty persuasive. I'm very persuasive. I'm a friendly little <laughs> mouseling. Come on. Uh, I'm very deceptive, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if um, Rook, Rook kind of so starts to cry. You know Dot cares about you. Rook starts <laughs> to cry, but like he, he's crying like in a lethargic lethargically motherfucker what how do you say that cathartic (laughs) cathartically thank you sure (laughs) i mean lethargically cathartically i mean you know all right (laughs) two different things (laughs) cathartically okay uh simon you're up and then rook's on deck okay I jump up into the air and hiss as I fly and land on his back and try and backstab him. <laughs> like a bad friend. I am the worst friend you will ever have. <laughs> 23. Yeah, that'll hit. Come on. 10 points of damage. Y'all just doling out punishment on this thing. And then I will jump up and back like kind of a backflip swoop and then like pull my wings in and do a twist and then throw my wings back out and fly back. So is he getting an opportunity attack on you as you run away No, because his reaction is gone. Oh, nice. He used it to run. All right. Simon, with the stab and run, anything else? Uh, nope. 
Okay. Rook, it is your turn. You have the depressed condition until the end of this turn, just so you know. And you have the mute condition. <laughs> Which is far worse. That happens too. <laughs> that is really bad. Whoopsie daisy. <laughs> Rook's going to try and pull himself together. He's going to throw a javelin at the thing. Ooh, nice. One of the new Barbie ones. Yes. I'm going to throw a Barbie doll. We also have Ken (laughs) ones. You got to have the set. (laughs) Yeah. Got to have the complete set. Um, For all intents and purposes, are they javelins? Yes, javelin. No, I'm going to burn my inspiration. Okay. To get rid of the or to do a flat roll but um i guess it turned it turned out to be a 15 anyway so i think it still misses wah, wah. <laughs> wait the inspiration adds oh oh inspiration you don't have bardic inspiration right no no it was like regular inspiration Dang. but i use it to counteract the disadvantage i would have gotten otherwise okay root says so, well at least i didn't give up <laughs> but that would be my turn <laughs> You have the grappled condition and the frightened condition. I don't know. Does frightened cause disadvantage? Frightened does. Yeah. Grappled just makes your speed zero. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Rook throws his javelin. It doesn't manage to land. And the creature turns to the group, its eyes glowing out from underneath its helmet. And that is where we will end our session for the evening. Oh, you're such a fucking tease. (laughs) I'm so tired. Thanks for listening to the Seven Bones podcast. We know there are many like it, and we appreciate that you took the time to listen to ours. If you'd like, you can contact us using the email address bones at sevenbonespodcast.com. And that's with the number seven. So the number seven bonespodcast.com. Thank you very much, and we'll see you next time.